You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Good evening everybody. Uh, For the past 12 years, I have been conducting celebrity interviews from the world of film, television, theater, and music. My name is Adam Rothenberg, and I peel back the curtain to reveal what's inside the hearts and souls of your favorite celebrities and Broadway stars. And tonight, I am pulling back the curtain with actor Rob McClure, who is currently starring on Broadway as Mrs. Doubtfire in Broadway's Mrs. Doubtfire. Without further ado, let us welcome our special guest, Rob McClure. Hi, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. I love that you do these in your closet. They're the amount of things that I have recorded in closets for the audio. I'm glad you enjoy it. And the sound, it really does make a difference when you're uh, like, concerned dude, about sound. I, I just did a television show for Spectrum Originals called The The Bite, and it was a zombie show, and I got to be a zombie on it. And a lot of the post-production audio was me at home in my closet, surrounded by shirts, making zombie noises. <laughs> Oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. So what, one of the things that brings us together tonight is that on February 19th and 20th, you are performing two concerts at Bucks County Playhouse in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And the concert uh, is entitled Smile. So we're going to start with that and then we'll move into all of your Broadway work. So uh, for these upcoming concerts at Bucks County Playhouse, um, how did you come up with the title of the show Smile? What makes you... Um, you know, what me and how did you decide what material you want to include in the show? Yeah, so it's I created this show back in 2016 uh, to do in New York City. And the, the title uh, Smile came from the Charlie Chaplin song. Um, not a lot of people know uh, that Charlie Chaplin, in addition to being one of the most famous movie stars of all time, was also a really brilliant composer. Um, and he wrote the music for most of his movies, um, including the famous song Smile. Smile, though your heart is breaking, smile. And though it's aching and not a lot a lot of people know that song but they don't know that charlie chaplin wrote it um and his philosophy and that song's philosophy in particular i thought that um it was fitting it was fitting for a night uh where i was going to talk about all of the sort of unique influences that have led me on my path in the last 20 years in this business and uh sing some songs from some of my favorite shows but also some of my favorite songs from outside of uh of broadway um, just to take people a little bit on my journey, uh, both on stage and off, and have, bring some friends on stage to sing with me, bring some puppet friends back from FFU. Uh They can expect a lot, uh, a lot of fun for sure. And uh, I'm, I've gotten to do this show all over the world, in Iceland and Belgium and Scotland, and, uh, and I've never gotten to do it in Pennsylvania. So I'm thrilled to finally get to do it near home in Philly, bring it to the Bucks County Playhouse. I'm stoked. Sounds like such a fun show. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I need to know, what are some things that make you smile? Oh, God. My kid. My kid, for sure. My, uh, my younger sister, Rebecca, um, for Christmas, got her a little kid, like, power wheel Vespa. Um, and uh, so today was the first day, because the snow was melting, that we busted out the Vespa. And watching my three-year-old ride a Vespa around the Philadelphia Navy Yard today... Lots of smiles. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my family, my wife and my daughter, for sure make me smile. Then, um, I'll be honest, one of the things that I talk about in my show is some of my biggest smiles come from lyrics. I'm a huge scholar of lyrics. I love good lyrics, especially when they are tied to great music. Uh, so we celebrate Stephen Sondheim in my show. We celebrate Jason Robert Brown in my show. Um, 
and and I really sort of there are times where I'll stop mid song and just kind of like pick apart a lyric in front of the audience just to get them to really get on board with the craftsmanship of how that line was created or why that lyric sits on that melody in that way. I just um I I'm a fan of this art form as much as I am a participant in it and uh and I love sort of pulling back the curtain for an audience and showing them a little bit of how the sausage is made because it, I, I love it. Oh, that's amazing. And I love that you used pull back the curtain. That is another yeah. reason why we're so aligned. Oh my God, it's so exciting. And I just want to say, I saw a few people come in uh, to the Instagram live. Uh, Derek Baskin just came in. Your co-star in Mrs. Doubtfire, Annalise Carpaccio, who I just oh. interviewed last week. Um, and uh, so many people are joining us. This is so exciting. Some amazing, amazing people. Annalise Scarpacci is one of the most talented people I know, and I cannot wait to get back on stage with her and Mrs. Dalfire uh, because we get, we get to sing a song together in Act Two. That's one of my favorite onstage moments in the last years. I, I cherish, I cherish those five minutes with her. She's really special. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to talk about Mrs. Doubtfire very shortly, but I want to just get back to uh, your concert coming up at Bucks County Playhouse, February 19th and 20th. Um, so the other question I have about performing there or in concert is, um, what do you get from performing in concerts that you don't get from performing in a theatrical show? Uh, it's me. You're going to be spending the evening with me, um, as opposed to Daniel Hillard or... Princeton or Rod or, uh, you know, any of the characters I've been lucky enough to play, it's me. And we're going to chat. It's going to feel more like a conversation than it is a show. I, I really pull down the fourth wall. And uh, it's a really sort of intimate give and take. And, and that live interaction with a live audience is why I got into this in the first place. And, and to be able to do it in such an intimate way, in such a vulnerable way, because I, I'm just coming out going like, listen, uh, there's not going to be a giant David Corrin's masterpiece set behind me. I'm going to have the amazing Fred Lassen on playing the piano. Um, but that's it. It's us. It's us, uh, me and you. And um, we get to chat. We get to laugh. We get to cry and uh, sing some of my favorite songs. It's it's just, it's a super, super intimate evening. And, and you don't get to do that type of thing that often. And th that is very different than when I, uh, when I'm lucky enough to be on stage on Broadway and elsewhere where that, you know, we've got a hard fourth wall and you kind of peer into our world, uh, that wall comes crashing down for this show, for sure. And is the preparation for the show any different than, say, a theatrical show? I mean, do you prepare your voice any differently? Do you uh, rehearse any differently? It's definitely a different thing, getting to sort of ride the wave of an evening uh, where a story, where, 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 you know, you're diving into a character and riding that wave all night. It's definitely a different thing than, than going, okay, I'm going to, it's just me talking and singing for the next 75 minutes. I got to get my voice in shape. I need to get my cardio up before it starts because I got to come out of the gate ready to go. Um, and, uh, and more than anything, I need to really wrap my head around what it is I want to do that night. Because that's the other thing about this show is that because it's just me, it can really feel like people are seeing a singular evening. I've done Smile all over the world, but I guarantee you it was different every single time I did it. Um, because the audience is there and I get to play with them. They get to lead me places that I didn't know I was going to go. And, um, and you know, when I first created this show, the lyric, smile, though your heart is breaking, smile, even though it's aching, meant one thing. And now, after a 19-month pandemic where our shows were shut down and it, it such profound loss, such profound grief, people are sort of climbing out of this COVID 
situation now. Um, that song resonates in a way that it didn't when I created this show. And every song and every story resonate differently for people depending on what's going on. And that's the great thing about live art is that it can reflect that evening with whatever the hell's going on for all of us that night. Yes, I definitely agree. I definitely agree that song definitely resonates now differently than before. In continuing with the theme of Pennsylvania, you, as mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you live in Pennsylvania, you live in Philadelphia. Do you commute every day to New York City for the show? I have. I, I don't for Mrs. Doubtfire right now, although if once we settle into our run, I may. Um, but it usually is, you know, when, when I'm doing the eight show week on Broadway, then the commute is possible. But when you're in rehearsals and preview and tech and, uh, and, and a lot of press, um, that becomes harder to do. So uh, I'm, I have an apartment up there. Uh, I happen to be in Philly right now because we're on our little hiatus. But um, uh, I'll be up there full time for the, at least the beginning of Doubtfire. And then as we settle into the run, I may go back to the commute. But for all of something rotten, all of Beetlejuice, I uh, commuted on the Amtrak train every day. Wow. Do you have any um, fun or crazy commuting stories that happened? That oh, for sure. I mean, there was a matinee where I ended up, they, they posted the wrong train. And I ended up in Wilmington, Delaware, but before I realized we were going the wrong way. Uh, oh my God. That was a horrible call to make to a stage manager. But um, it's only happened twice. I've only missed a show because of the train twice in 16 years of doing this commute. So I'll take it. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I have always had that fear of being on the train and then being like, uh-oh, I'm going in the wrong direction. Oh, I see. Brian Flynn, my son, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, Jake joined when uh, I was interviewing Annalise. He came on, too. Jake is the best. So nice. And I saw um, Ryan Spahn uh, joined us earlier. And oh. um, I've seen a few other people come through. That sometimes It goes by so fast, sometimes it's, like, hard to see here. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. So um, now what made you want to live in Philadelphia? You know, I mean, you have been performing on Broadway for so long and you're always in a show. So like, what made you want to endure the commute and uh, not live the New York City life? I, uh, I met my wife uh, doing a production of Grease that was uh, sort of uh, based in the Philadelphia theater community. We were Duty and Frenchie in Grease. And uh, I met a lot of Philadelphia based actors. And, and it was a real sort of learning moment for me because I, I, up until then, I grew up in North Jersey. So theater for me was like Broadway or bust. And then all of a sudden I was learning about these actors who make their home in other cities around the country, like Philadelphia, that have their own thriving art scene, their own thriving theater scenes. And, you know, they were asking me in rehearsal, well, what are you doing next? And I said, I have no idea what I'm doing next. What are you doing next? And these Philadelphia actors would be like, well, I'm doing a Shakespeare at the Lantern, and then I'm doing the the Winter Musical at the Walnut Street, and then I think I'm going to do it the Sondheim at the Arden, and then I'm going to... And they knew they're, like, next year and a half of work. And I was like, how, how does that happen? Well, well Philly's got 30 equity, equity regional theater companies within 15 blocks of each other, all doing great work. All And I uh, so I started auditioning in the Philly theater community, fell in love with everybody down here, including my wife, and... We, and the city itself. So we decided to settle here. And then I got Avenue Q on Broadway. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'll try this commute. And if I hate it, I'll move back up to New York. And I, and I didn't mind it at all. Some people, some people do. Um, I enjoy the me time. I can read. I can write. I can Netflix. I can sleep. Um, I love train, train time. It becomes sort of valuable me time that I can use. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more to this great conversation. Priceline presents, go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. 
When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. And now we're back. So let's now move and talk about a lot of your Broadway uh, credits because you have been in so many Broadway shows and you have played, like, you play some major iconic characters. You played Charlie Chaplin, played um, Adam in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, You're playing Mrs. Doubtfire now. You played um, Rod in Princeton and Avenue Q. Can you speak a little bit to what it's like, especially the characters that are based upon either real life people like Charlie Chaplin or the movie characters that are just so iconic. Can you speak to what it's like to um, embody them and uh, how you bring your own special flair? Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, Chaplin and Mrs. Doubtfire have something in common, which is that when I play the, the men, when I play Daniel Hillard in the case of Mrs. Doubtfire, and when I played Charlie Chaplin not doing the little tramp character, just the guy, Charlie Chaplin, I could bring a lot of myself to those things because the second I walk out, the audience goes, okay, well, that's not Charlie Chaplin and that's not Robin Williams. So we can just go along with the ride here. But the little tramp character, uh, Charlie Chaplin with a hat and the mustache, one tattoo and it's a little hat and mustache. Oh, I love it. Um, that character, and then Euphigenia Doubtfire, they come with an audience expectation. They are so beloved. They have become so iconic that I do have a responsibility to fulfill that little warm and fuzzy compartment of everyone's heart who cherishes that thing, right? But I'm not going to fulfill that craving by, by bad imitation, I'm, I'm only going to fulfill that craving if I can tap into how those performances made you feel. And that's what I try and chase, not to, not to do their voices, not to do their physicalities, not to do their, but to channel how those performances made me feel and try and make the audience feel what they made me feel. And if that comes along with sort of the warmth of a voice or certainly in the physical behavior of the little tramp character, um, then I, that's something I need to serve so that the audience knows I'm as big a fan of the thing that they love and I'm going to take care of it. And within two or three minutes, I usually feel them go, okay, we'll go on this ride with you. And then I can take that character anywhere. I can take him somewhere new. Um, but that establishing trust, those first few minutes are really important to getting, you know, the first time in Mrs. Doubtfire, when I pick up that phone to call my ex-wife and the audience hears that first, hello, I can always hear the whole audience. Sometimes there's an audible gasp. Sometimes there's a round of applause um, because it's like an old friend has, has stopped by. You know what I mean? It's like, there it is. Um, in Chaplin, there was a great moment where 
Charlie creates that little tramp character for the first time in front of the audience. And I would feel all of this third party affection for the original thing come be thrown my way. Uh, and it's such a privileged and honored place to be, to be, to be channeling that, um, both for the original artists who created them and, and, and for the audience and for myself. It's, it's just a, a magical feeling. I love that. And I love how you say that you uh, it, it's based on how you feel and you want to like emote, you want to re recreate that feeling for everybody. Absolutely. That's so good. It reminds me of um, uh, the Maya, Maya Angelou uh, quote where she says, you know, uh, that, you know, when you meet somebody, you always remember how they made you feel. Yeah. And so to hear you say that's what you do with your characters. It's so funny. Uh, anytime people talk about Mrs. Doubtfire's voice, they go, oh, when Robin Williams, the, the voice he did for Mrs. Doubtfire, and they, there's a tenderness and a warmth, and, a, and it's like a hug happens to them as they start to think about it. And it's like, oh, I, that's what I need to channel. Forget trying to imitate him. It's, it's more about what, what it was doing, what it was, what it was tapping into, than it is trying to sound just like him. Yeah. Uh, and, and, People, when you show up to the theater, they don't want my version of his version of something. They want my version of something, or else they wouldn't be there. Um, and I think it would be a dis disservice to me and disservice to the original artist to to try and just do a, sort of a tribute act to that original art. And people do that. You know, if you go to Vegas, so-and-so as, you know, Frank Sinatra. That's not why people come to Broadway. Uh, people come to Broadway to go on a ride. You know? Exactly, exactly. And um, I love that you made that distinction between doing the imitation and, you know, doing what you can bring to the character, but still you evoke that emotion. Um, I did see a question come through the, uh, everybody watching. Uh, someone asked, what are some shows you did in high school? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so my freshman year of high school, the first musical I ever did uh, was Anything Goes. And I was in the ensemble of Anything Goes. Uh, then my freshman year, I did uh, Cornelius in um, Hello, Dolly. And then uh, my junior year, I did Finch in How to Succeed. And then my senior year, I did Charlie in Where's Charlie, which I later got to reprise that, that role at, at Encore City Center in New York. And then the song Once in Love with Amy, which is sort of the famous song from that old Frank Lesser show, um, was uh, they were doing a Frank Lesser tribute at Carnegie Hall. And that was my Carnegie Hall debut, getting to sing that song I sang in high school, where I fell in love with theater. I didn't necessarily know I was good at it. I just fell in love with, you know, anyone on here who has done shows. It's the feeling you have with everybody at your local diner or Applebee's or TGI Fridays at three o'clock in the morning after closing night, crying even though you're each other in homeroom the next day. I wanted that for the rest of my life. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that that feeling doesn't go away. No, you're definitely achieving that. You, you still, your cast still fall in love. Your cast still create a cast text thread. And although that wasn't a thing back when I was in high school, although I was. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, that's the thing that I fell in love with, that feeling. It's why I chased a career doing this. I love it. I've had several more people uh, ask the same question. What are some of your dream roles? Oh, um, I have to wait a while for this one, but it's actually Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh. I think it is the greatest character arc ever. I mean, you, you start the evening as, as 
one person and you end this show as a completely different human being, having been completely transformed. Your outlook on life completely different at the end, in the beginning. That's a great one. Um, I might be getting too old now, but if anybody ever did a revival of Amadeus, I did it at the Walnut Street Theater. I'd love another swing at that. Um, yeah, there's lots of really good ones out there. Um, but but I, I also love originating stuff. I have to talk to you about stage mishaps. Um, <laughs> what are what are some of your? I mean, I of course want to hear. I'm sure other people want to hear from them. From like you know, Chaplin, Avenue Q, Beetlejuice, Mrs. Doubtfire. What are your like big stage mishaps or any lines you forgot? Oh God, the one that comes to mind, one of my favorite ones, was from Avenue Q on tour. Um, I was doing the show and Kelly Sawyer was, was my Kate Monster. And we were doing the song Mixtape. And it's this really sweet moment where Kate Monster is in her apartment wondering if Princeton likes her. And I come in the door, I surprise her, I ring the doorbell and I come in and very sweetly sort of say hello. And I've made her a mixtape. And it makes her wonder if the songs on there are gonna let her know that I like her too. And it could not be a sweeter moment. And she's there and I, ding dong, I open and my, my line with Princeton is, hi, Kate Monster. And she looks up at me and goes, hi, Princeton. And she, Kelly Sawyer has the most violent nosebleed I've ever seen in person. Down her face, down her neck, onto her costume. And she knew her nose was bleeding, but she didn't know how bad until she saw my face. Because I walked in and went, hi, Kate Monster. And she turned to the audience, her and Kate Monster, and went, my nose is bleeding. I have to stop. We'll be right. <laughs> Monster just walked off the stage. And then our stage manager, who didn't know what was happening, came over the god mic and <laughs> said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, due to technical difficulty, which got like one of the best <laughs> nights. Um, and then it became a, a race as to uh, whether or not Kelly's uh, ice pack would stop her nose from bleeding or my wife, who was the second-hander and covering Kate Monster, could get into Kate Monster's costume faster. Whichever was going to happen first was going to go on the stage and Kelly's nose stopped bleeding and we moved on. But I will never forget, uh, I have a nose, her and Kate Monster, I have a nosebleed. I'll be right back. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I'm glad she's okay, but hearing you retell that story is oh. hilarious. We also just celebrate the fact that Tony Award winning Danny Burstein just came into the room. Oh. Danny Burstein is my hero. I will say that until the day I die. Danny Burstein is my hero for a million reasons. Oh, my God. I love Danny. I loved him in Jowsy Chaperone. I did not get to see him in Moulin Rouge, but oh, my God. But I did get to interview um, his wife, Rebecca, several times, and she was always the nicest. The best. Yes. Charlie at, at Encore City Center, I got to do it with Rebecca. One of the oh. privileges, getting to, getting to be in a small rehearsal room and have that sound leave her face and go in my ears. One of the great privileges I've ever had. Oh, my God. What a moment. Yeah. Uh, so we, I know we just have a few minutes left. I just saw the time and oh my gosh, it's going by so fast. So let me just make sure I'm hitting all of the main talking points here. Um, oh yeah, that is one thing I definitely do want to talk about too, is um, how do you, because uh, in, earlier in the interview, we talked about how Smile is taking on a different meaning now coming out of the pandemic. So how do you, um, well, first of all, how do you stay grounded and how do you get through like rough times or challenging times, stressful times? Family will keep you grounded. You know what I mean? Making dinner for my three-year-old, blowing up her bouncy castle. You know what I mean? Like that, that, 
that stuff keeps you grounded. Um, living my life on Instagram Live, that won't help. But <laughs> coming on here every now and then to like chat and celebrate and ha hang out with friends, I love it. But, um, you know, your life outside of the spotlight, I mean, that, that will really keep you grounded. Um, and I will never take for granted the privilege of live storytelling ever again. Mm -hmm. Been taken away from us so viciously and for so long um, that every single time I make an entrance and there's a live audience, it feels so remarkable. It feels like it already, you know, the number of miracles that need to happen for anyone to end up on a stage, nevertheless a Broadway stage, are so many. But now with this huge obstacle, it's even less likely. So any moment I get to tell a live story to a live audience, I will never take it for granted again. It's so special. And the more I can think about that, the more grounded I'll stay. And audiences keep you grounded, you know? It's easy, if it's your 680th performance of Beetlejuice, to show up for a matinee and go like, here we go again. But to the 15-year-old who's been listening to the cast album for two years, who lives in Montana and begged their family to get them tickets for Christmas and they save $6,000 to fly their family of five to New York City and get a hotel and go, to, and go out to dinner and come to the theater for their first Broadway show. It doesn't matter how many times I've done it. It's the first time they've seen it. And if you do it for them, that's what keeps you grounded. Oh, I love that. I love that answer so much. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Oh, I just saw Wayne Wilcox joined us oh, too. Oh, my brother. I miss you. Oh, this is so exciting. Wayne, uh, yeah. Wayne Wayne performed with my wife at the Bucks County Playhouse maybe uh, four, three or four Christmas ago. Oh my God. Part of the Bucks County Playhouse family, so. I love it. I love that your Mrs. Doubtfire family is here. You have the connection with the Bucks County Playhouse. I mean, it's fantastic. The thing I was talking about in the beginning of the interview, you know, we, when I said I fell in love with going to my, going with my cast to my local diner after the show and you become a show family, right? Well, do this for 25 years, that family just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I can't think of something better. I mean, that it's, it's the reason why I got into this and the fact that people show up, right? And the fact that Wayne, who I haven't seen in years, comes on here to say hi. And the fact that Danny, who I've never even got to work with properly, we've done some workshops and readings and stuff, pops in to say hi, or that, you know, it, it's just the ever expanding collaborative family is the reason any uh, most of us do this I, lo I love that community I mean that's what I love about the Broadway community is that like you said you could work with somebody you know several several years ago and they're still you know then you do something more recently and they come by to say hello or they're like oh I, I got to catch you in the show because at the moment they may not be in a show but another time you were on Broadway maybe they were in a show yeah it's, yeah I mean, that is the best part about the Broadway community is that it really is a community that supports each other and really is there for one another. 100%. If you yeah. walk down 8th or 9th Avenue between 40th Street and 50th Street, the amount of cast reunion hugs you will witness, it ha there's thousands a day. Yes. Oh, oh, you're going to rehearsal. I love you. I hope tell your cast. I said hi. Okay, bye, 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 bye. That's, uh, there's thousands of those daily. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, we're, I can't believe we're out of time already, but... I'm okay if you're okay. But I want you to get the questions you wanted to ask, whatever you like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do see, let me just make sure I got 
uh, I've seen a few fan questions come in. So Grace wants me to tell you that um, you saved you saved Grace and brought uh, Grace out of a very dark place, especially after Grace saw Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, you know, first of all, Grace, thank you. Um, it's why we do it, you know. You for anyone who says like, why Mrs. Doubtfire now? Why tell that story now? Grace, Grace is why. Because the, the, that story, um, the message of redefining family, the message that just because your family doesn't look like everybody else's family doesn't mean it's any less of a family, no matter what your family looks like or what your relation is, that message hits as hard now as it ever has. And updating that story so that it can resonate in 2022, you know, Grace is not alone. We, we've, we've had lots and lots of people who that show has touched deeply. I'll never forget, I was singing, actually the song that I sing with Annalise is a song called Just Pretend. And uh, Annalise has a lyric and she says, um, if your love for mom has ended, couldn't your love for me end too? And my response is no, that could never end. My love for you will never end. It's different with your kids, I promise you. Um, you need to know that, please tell me you know that. And there was there was one performance where I was, it, we sing it in profile. And front row house left, there was a middle-aged guy with maybe like a 10-year-old girl. And I said, it's different with your kids. Please tell me you know that. And he reached over and grabbed her little arm. And the two of them cried from then to the end of the show. And I just, I caught it in my periphery. And I, the first thing I did was go, oh, God, Rob, don't cry. You've got too many words left to say. If you go now, you're, you're not coming back. <laughs> um, but that's, that's the reason. That's why. That's why this story is important. The, the lengths to which we would go for those we love. I mean, and, and, and you forget, you know, you, you get so wrapped up in the farce and the comedy and making the jokes land. And you forget that at the core of this story, the reason this story sings, the reason this story thrives, the reason this story has been around so long is that it's, it's not about any of that. It's about the lengths to which we would go for the people that we love. And that feels different after 19 months of having been isolated from our families because of, you know, it, it just... It's really, it's hitting in a way we could have never anticipated when we set out. Yes, I agree. I 100% agree. Oh my God, this has been so wonderful. I can't oh. thank you enough for your time. It's my absolute pleasure. I hope people check out Smile at Bucks County, February 19th, 20th, and get your tickets for Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway, March 15th on. We'll be there. Terrific. You took all the words right out of my mouth. So <laughs> thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And um, go see Rob at Bucks County Playhouse, like he just said, February 19th and 20th. And then when Mrs. Doubtfire returns March 15th to Broadway, go see him on Broadway. I wish you all the best, Rob, and I can't wait to see you again soon. Thanks so much, Adam. Bye, everybody. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, with for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com 
slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 